Monday, September 10th, 2018. I'm Jeremiah Zimmerman, and this is episode 176 of the 5049 podcast. How you guys doing? You all right? Thanks for joining us for another conversation between myself and another musician. Today, that musician is a most hilarious psychopath in Brandon Seabrook. Let's, uh, let's check in with Brandon. Brandon, uh, it would be an understatement to say that he's a unique individual. He's an amazing guitarist, funny dude, and uh, today's a good one. Today on the show, Brandon Seabrook. Real quick, I just want to say thanks to everyone who has uh, recently and, and forever pledged to the Patreon. This show, uh, as I've mentioned before, it is operating on a listener-supported basis. And uh, every little bit helps. So if you're enjoying this show, please consider going to the Patreon and becoming a monthly donor. You can do it for a dollar a month, five bucks a month, uh, but it really helps. And thank you to everyone who's been doing that, who continues to do that. Uh, it means a lot to me. Patreon. It's good shit, Patreon. What do you guys know about Brandon Seabrook? I've known Brandon for a number of years, um, sort of peripherally, though. The conversation here today is really the first time that I can think of that Brandon and I uh, spoke at any length. We've played together uh, a couple of times, uh, not too much, but I could tell you this. The music scene in New York City needs more Brandon Seabrooks. What do I mean by that? He, as I stated at the top of the show, uh, is utterly unique. He plays banjo and guitar. And on both instruments, you can pick him out of a lineup immediately. He is a very intense musician. He's a very technical musician. And most of all, he's an incredibly imaginative musician, which is kind of what I was getting at with, you know, what we need more of. Um, and he just splashes color on everything he touches. Uh, and that's musically... It's conversationally. Uh, for a number of years, uh, when he first moved to New York, he was involved with a lot of like klezmer music and jazz music. Uh, we talk about that a bit today. Um, and he, he did a lot of sideman stuff for a number of years. In the last year or two, though, he's really been, you know, pretty prolific in putting out a bunch of stuff uh, under his own name. He put out an insane solo record that we were just listening to up top. He put out a, a record with a large group uh, called I'm probably mispronouncing this. It's a Dietramel Fatal. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. Um, and most recently, he's putting out a record uh, in just a week or two on the label Astral Spirits out of uh, Austin, Texas. It's called Convolutionaries, and it's a trio with the bass player Henry Fraser and uh, cellist Daniel Levin. Uh, and like everything Brandon does, the music is incredibly imaginative, technical, well thought out, well executed. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's another piece of the Brandon Seabrook puzzle. If you put all these records side by side that he's been doing, you know, there's, there's a lot of color there. And uh, it's great watching Brandon really break out and, and do his own shit um, and put together what I think is a really unique and interesting body of work that's just getting better and better. If you want to find out more about Brandon... Go to brandonseabrook.com. He's going to be playing a show 
with his group, the Brandon Seabrook Trio. It's going to be an album release show uh, October 1st at Roulette in Brooklyn. And I'll go ahead and speak for Brandon. Any opportunity to play at Roulette with one of your own projects is a pretty big deal. Uh, and you guys should get down there and check him out. After that show, he's going to be taking the trio on tour in the United States for 10 days. So go to his website, look at his tour dates. I'm not going to list them all off right now, uh, but but check him out on tour and say hi. Brandon's fucking hilarious, and I would encourage uh, stealing a few minutes of his time. I really enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, Brandon is really fucking funny, um, and it's I had a good time talking to Brandon. The hang could have gone on, but uh, it was cut a little short. Go to Roulette, October 1st. Check out his trio. September 21st, check out the record on Astral Spirits. Um, That's it. Hope you guys are doing well. Here's my conversation with Brandon Seabrook. Wait, so wait, what's his name? It's so you got really got it going on here, dude. This is like, but you're like, no, this is like, I, I really, pre- I really like, you've really worked on that. This is no, like, th- this room, okay, that we're, this room that we're sitting in is like, what is this? It's oh. like, it's like what a fucking sixth grader like would, you know, like set up if they had their own apartment. No, no, it's what a New Yorker sets up in their like back like hallway. This is amazing, like a study. Yeah, this is like whatever. They, this is like I'm gonna set up my shit and oh, back here. <laughs> Oh shit, we're but, on. No, I saw but, that. Wait, wait, we wait. just threw that right on. But wait, what, me, pod, that's what pro- podcast have you been listening to? Oh man, a lot. I've been listening to this dude, Melvin Bragg, who, who, in I, our time. I have no idea who that is. This English dude, and they talk about kinds of stuff. You know, the history ones. You like History, history on Fire, Dan Carlin, Hardcore History. Really? I like those. He started off doing these podcasts that were like 45 minutes, uh-huh. you know, an hour, and now he has, you know, five part. Each Each part is five hours long. But it's broken up it's like a bro- series. No, each yeah, but each part is five hours long. Like part one, and five you don't get hours. Bored out of your mind listening to it? No, because he's got some good production value. Like in the background, there's like Birds cannons going off and, and like bombs and like armies marching. Really? <laughs> You're like, what other podcasts? Let's see. Um, Malcolm Gladwell. You like that? Dude. I like that. I like his podcast. Yeah. Okay. He just like talks books. about shit that like like revisionist history. He goes back over right. You know, Right, 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 right. Let's see, like some of the classics. Uh, Talk House has some good people on there. Oh, sometimes. that's the music podcast. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You know, hmm. Mark Marin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Uh, God, who else? This is this is good. Uh, some guitar, good guitar geek. Really? This one sells. This one called No Guitar Is Safe. And it's just you <laughs> talking about gear. Like, yeah. I don't. You know don't want to listen. to You that know what one. I love fucking watching is um. On YouTube, I cannot turn away. I can't not watch Rig Rundown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you love pedals, right? I you love pedals, the... but I also love like... Oh, man, Rig Rundown. Yeah, yeah. Premier oh. Guitar Rig Rundown. Oh, it's so deep. But like, oh, I, no I love watching like, musicians for whom I have a low opinion talk about their gear because I always end up liking them a lot. Yeah. Like yesterday I watched um the dude from 311 the guitar player. Oh god. Explain his rig. I would watch that. Yeah. And by the like like 3 seconds into it I was like, "Man, I fucking hate 311, but I like this guy." Yeah, yeah. He seems cool. Yeah. He seems down to earth. Is he the original guitarist? Yeah. Yeah. 
or you watch like Carrie King, you know, who's oh, like yeah, the dude. Fuck. You're like, oh, he's not. His, he has he's a minimal setup too. I think I've watched uh, his. No, Tom Araya has. Tom Araya. Okay. Tom okay, Araya's okay. setup is literally a bass into a compressor pedal into, into amp, his. and he doesn't even know how to EQ his <laughs> amp. His brother does it for him. Man, That's it. Amazing. But like, amazing. I've, I've watched rig rundowns for like every. Is it is it in podcast form too? I guess you have to. No, I, I was watching. I watch it on YouTube, yeah, and you can yeah, see yeah, like. You can see it. It's fucking crazy because these dudes now, like, if you watch, uh, um, like, any band, like, you watch their rig rundown, you don't ever <laughs> see a dude with, like, three pedals. You see, like, not a full pedal board. You see two full pedal boards, like, tables, third. whatever. Yeah, yeah. But what are you doing? Yeah, what are they doing I, with I it? have no idea. I think what? a lot of it is, like, based on, it's so song-based, you know? State, like, on this song, I have a phaser going through a compressor. Is, is this, it this the song? song? Or I like need, this, yes, this song. I need to access this, this sound instantly right. every night. Boom! I need this sound. I need this guitar. I almost wonder, like, I I, I feel like there's like a macho thing about pedals, um, where it's like you know, the more pedals, the less macho you are. <laughs> I use two. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but like, is but there something I mean. even less macho about if you like if you're in like the world's biggest band, yeah, and you have like the sick front of house guy doing sound? Why can't you just say, hey, automate all these effects for me? Yeah, like from the board. Like the I, board. I don't want to even look at a pedal. Board. I mean, what do you really need in a stadium? Nothing. Overdrive. Well, Sugar doesn't play Delay. through amps. They don't. Yeah, they play through the the symbi- those right. Uh, what are those amps? The uh, I, I don't know what they're called. But it's like you're basically they're playing into the PA. Yeah, which is sick. Yeah, I mean at that volume. But if you found out there was a guitar player who was yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to look at a pedal board. I got my guy section to section. He dials in the effects. Perfect. I think Edge does that. You yeah. Too. And he's on that, on that uh, uh, what is that thing with Jack White and Jimmy Page? Oh. <laughs> Make it loud? What is that? No, is it loud? What is, Dude, I just listened to this it? band before you got here called Hollywood Vampires. Oh, who is that? It's So it's Alice Cooper on vocals, oh. um, Joe Perry from Aerosmith on guitar, <laughs> Johnny Depp on guitar. Wow. And then like be a revol- fun band. I'm trying to understand it. Alice Cooper's born again in golfs? He's like way into golf, totally is he sober. Again? No, maybe he's just sober and way into golf. I mean- you know, he should be. He's he like should be. fucking yeah, he's 80 done. years old or whatever. Joe Perry. Odd casualties. But well, how does it sound? It, I, I'm trying to understand it, man, because I've been listening to like Remember I was texting you? I was like, which Guns N' Roses song you like better? It was no, My answer was November yeah, Rain. Yeah, I prefer Don't Cry. Okay. I prefer the video to November Rain. But, but, the, but Don't Cry. So I've been listening. To, so something happened. Use Your Illusion? Well, you, well... When Vinnie Paul died like a month oh. ago, six weeks ago, whatever that was, yeah, I've been listening to like all this shit from that was important to me, 1991 to 1993. All Vol- of it. Vulgar Display of Power. Vulgar Display of Power. I've been listening it's to Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. Wow, that was right. Same time. Yeah, I've been listening. I went back to the um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack. <laughs> I went back to <laughs> like all this shit. And wow. it's like some of it's really good. It's really strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but specifically, like Guns N' Roses, because they embody it more than anyone. They're like this L.A. rock band. They're Whew, yeah. glitzy, glammy, misogynistic, like no apologies for anything. And I always felt kind of like grossed out by that. Yeah. But I want to understand it. So, so you look going at, back to it. So yeah. Hollywood vampires, they're like that times a thousand. They're they're not. They're straight up like <laughs> we're Hollywood scum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music kind of sucks. It's, but people are there. They're playing festivals for like you know fifty thousand. Are they people. doing each of like their rep, rep like some Alice? No, they, some they're Aerosmith. doing original material. Oh God! And it's the the lyrics, the solos are. <laughs> I'll as, listen to it. I'll... They're as trite as you would, you know, think they would be. 
Right. But like, I want, I want to, like, I want to get in there and figure out this because there's got to be something to it, right? There's got to be. Yeah, we should. We, I, I want. I'm gonna hear. I want to hear it. <laughs> Something's drawing you in. But did you like when you were a kid playing guitar? Would you look at motherfuckers like Slash and, oh, and be like, I, when that's I was the guy? Yeah, I was like 11 when that album, when, uh, Appetite for Destruction, came out in the suburbs, southeastern Mass. I f- love Slash. Yeah, but like, how much of it was like the mystery of the sunglasses, the hat? The that was more the music dangling. for me. I, yeah. I mean, I'd say it was the album first, but I guess, yeah, I guess that all had a, had a, had a part of it. Did you ever I'd, feel like the music's great, but I don't like that aspect of it? Or, well, I was kind of, I, I, I wasn't really, I was kind of scared of that aspect. Yeah, of it at like ten years old, right? Yeah, that album came out eighty five. I was ten. It's kind of scary, like the to, to, to encounter the aggression that? of it. For, I mean, it's not that aggressive, but to me at that time, it was. You know. Well, I mean, uh, listening back the to the lyrics it, and the it's to state the obvious, like yeah. that's like really misogynistic music. Yeah, yeah, that that, yeah. that I didn't even know what that was at ten. But right? Like, what is this? This is this is this is is this bad? Is this? <laughs> yeah, no, they're bad guys. Yeah, but that, that <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying is like rock and roll music as we grew up listening to it and observing it was like we're bad guys. Yeah, and that's like what like Hollywood vampires is. Yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. We're bad old guys. We're yeah. Like, are they in their 60s now? I mean, Johnny Depp is like 50. Those other dudes Johnny are, Depp. you know, 60s, right, 70s. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Perry's got to be damn near 70 years old. Yeah. So you're 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 going back and checking out the new stuff and trying to trying to make sense of it. Like, yeah, kind of. Why it drew you in at that age, and you're still interested in it. You're still... I... You know... Have you spent much time in Los Angeles? Not really. I'm, I played The Smell once, and I played... Right. Disney Center ones and this weird you gig. Play Disney I played with the Klezmer Conservatory Band. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down, man. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> yeah. Disney Hall is beautiful. Beautiful. Did you feel like like uh, you belonged there? Uh, yeah, I for sure. Did. I had my dressing room. You really? Tenor banjoist. Private dressing room. Well, with the uh, you know with with like the trombone player. Did but you yeah. put up like a like a sheet or something? Is yeah, I like... put it up the sheet. Said, Tenor banjoist, Brandon Seabrook, honorary. Honorary member of the tribe, <laughs> L.A. No, no, I'm in there. I'm in there. Yeah, but anyway, the cock rock thing, like, oh yeah, I'm sort of fascinated. I mean, hair metal for me was huge. I'm huge. still fascinated. Like with who? It. I still Rat, Rat, Dawkin, Def Leppard. Although they were English, uh, Rat, Dawkin, Slaughter, uh, Slaughter, Dangerous Toys. Uh, who else? I mean. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, Salty Dog, L.A. Guns, L.A. Guns. I mean, that's that's what I grew. That's what I really. That's the real. That's the real Genesis. start of everything. Seeing that little band, the um, band maybe you've heard of called Van Halen. Van Halen. Well, I don't associate them with that <laughs> trash, but <laughs> I mean, we're talking about geniuses, and then a bunch of like trash. But it's okay. <laughs> I mean, Dude, come on. Re- real quick, I just yeah. want to say this because, you know, Van Halen personally was never sure. that important to me. Sure. Though sure. I fucking love Van Halen. Diamond Dave used to live um, down the street from me. Oh, here. my God. Right. He was an EMT, long, right? He was for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, fucking, uh, but, 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 um, uh, you know when people talk shit, you know, and yeah. they talk about like Ringo Starr is not a good drummer, right, right, and right. And then you say like, "What the fuck is wrong with him?" Are you telling me that like <laughs> the music's great, but the drumming sucks? Like, this it's you know, people talk shit about uh, Michael Anthony, right, right. Of course, of course. That always to me felt like just missed the point completely. Exactly. I mean, he's a real genius. I mean, what are you gonna do behind he's that? He's making a vehicle for fucking Eddie to be Eddie. Yeah. What is wrong? I mean, 
No, absolutely right. He's incredible. And his backing vocals but were a huge part of it. But why would you talk shit about the guy who's like being humble and being cool and like, you know. Because hey, everybody wishes they, I don't know, they wish, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, wait, know. I what, don't know where that comes from. What I'm not, would they I'm, have wanted? Would they have wanted like Victor Wooten yeah, in the band? Yeah, like a Billy Sheehan, Steve Vai kind of. They want, they want, <laughs> they want like off, they want more, they want more. Did you like Extreme? I did like Extreme. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nuno Betancourt. I actually saw Nuno Betancourt play a couple of years ago. I Where? went to the Steve Vai uh, Generation Axe tour. <laughs> it was so good. It was it was fucking great. It was uh, Nuno Betancourt, uh, Yingwei Momstein. Oh, dude. Tosin Abasi, who's like this young dude, metal dude, seven string guitarist, of course. And Steve Vai and Jack Wild. Oh, all the cats were there. All the cats were there. All the cats were there <laughs> in Long the Island. Yeah, <laughs> and it was incredible i mean i love that i love that shit i mean i it was you know nuno nuno was nuno was actually really impressive he did Did uh, no no he did a uh, animals as leaders song with the guy tosin man he killed it i'm sure he was like it was like a really you know difficult material he was killing it i was part of that music that we're talking about was that like any one of these bands you could pack out like Oh, that dude is a fucking shredder. Any right, one of those right, bands, right, you right. know, at least one, you know, like there's no doubt about Slash's fucking musicianship. There's no doubt no about doubt. Axel's musicianship. There's no doubt no about doubt. fucking Matt Sorensen's musicianship. Woo! <laughs> Damn, you know you're right. you know your Guns N' Roses. There's here. no <laughs> doubt about Eddie or Alex's musicianship. There's no doubt. Like all these fucking cats are like, you know, yeah. It's like they somehow like snuck in the fact that they're fucking dorks and can really play their instruments. Right. They snuck it in. I saw, um, I went with Jamie Saft a couple of years ago. We went to go see, um, like, m- months, maybe weeks before he died, we went to go see Motorhead and Anthrax. Oh, shit. At Jones Beach. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> How was that? How Horrible. Was you were, did Did he like it? No, I mean. Or was we, it just bad? You could tell it was bad. Well, so Anthrax opened for Motorhead. And, and they were bad. And I got to say, man, um, uh, the fuck is the drummer's name? Charlie Benante. Charlie Benante. Sucked. Man, that guy's got no feel at all. Oh, shit. That guy's a bad drummer. Okay, okay. I, I don't think that dude, I'll put it this way, I don't think he's ever listened to like Elvin Jones in his entire life. Probably not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's only listened to himself, probably. He's listened to himself and he's listened to like, I don't even know if he listened to John Bonham. I think he just like listened to like, I don't know what he fucking listened to. Um, uh, Maiden. Listened to himself. Judas like, Priest. Yeah. Probably. Um, Motorhead know. was cool. Lemmy could only play for like oh, no. six minutes at a time and then take a break and then he would disappear and the drummer would take like a fucking five minute long solo <laughs> wow see that documentary on lemmy I, I, I didn't see it you didn't see it i didn't see it i it's gotta see it spectacular yeah yeah i gotta see that that was a weird guy yeah so you grew up in the <laughs> suburbs of i grew up in southeastern mass man. in boston yeah outside of boston 40 minutes what town foxborough mass oh, oh yeah you don't is. yeah yeah that's is it dark? It's a ghost town off, 90, off Route 95. Uh, is it dark? Yeah, this, sure. A lot of white people? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of white people. A lot of white people. <laughs> a lot of scary white people. Just you and your brother. No, yeah, me and my brother. And yeah, we grew up, you know, suburban on we, we like We played all the time in the basement. Just do we it. A, yeah, we had, we had bands. We had people coming through. That's all we did. Did you guys see yourself as like the Eddie and Alex of Foxborough, Massachusetts? Uh, no, that would be... Did you want to be the Eddie shit. and Alex of Foxborough? We do. I was just, I, I, I couldn't even at that point fathom even thinking about being that. No, of course. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, we played all the time. We were we were we were listening to Van Halen constantly. It was actually my brother who 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 branched out to more extreme musical tastes, like got out of the hair metal thing sooner than I did, mm-hmm. and found found other stuff. Like I think he had uh, Spillane, the Zorn record. Oh, oh, as, so as he like really, a, really as like out, a right. fourteen, thirteen. Really? Yeah, yeah, really younger, younger, fifteen maybe. And he also had, he was getting into some hardcore bands. Like we hadn't, I hadn't really checked out Minor Threat or. Okay. But I had portals into stuff like from Zappa and and even Zeppelin and portals into the blues. I was listening to a lot of old blues. Then? Then, yeah, yeah. Because if you listen to, you know, if you were listening to you had a guitar Zeppelin, teacher? I had a guitar teacher and they, they, they sent you in the way, you know, Sunhouse, Muddy Waters. Yeah. Is that like step one? Step well. Step one was rock and roll. Then step it, it should be step one, I, I guess, if you're playing blues-based rock and roll, which which was how I started. But yeah. Step one was sort of like you know Van Halen, and then step two was going back or Zeppelin, and then you you read the back of the record covers, and it's like Willie Dixon and who's Burt Yanch and who's Sun House and uh-huh. who's uh-huh. or or you know the Freak Out record Zappa, like who's Edgar, Edgar Veriz, who's Eric right. Dolphy, who's Stockhausen, who's so then you go look for it, sure, because you're reading it. So that's that, it. But that took me a little longer to get there, you know. It took, took a little longer. Is but, my, are my levels okay? Yeah, no, everything's good. Yeah. I, I, I'll be doing that a lot, you know, just to make the machine still yeah, going. we're in it. Oh, yeah. Badlands. You know Long Goodbye. It's the long oh, goodbye. goodbye. I love that song. John that, Williams wrote that. Did he? I knew that. He wrote I, I that. Knew, I knew that. Holy shit. Edward Mar- Anyway, sorry. No, man, that movie kind of fucked me up when I first saw it, The yeah, Long Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. The, drown- the, the ocean scene when he's in the- I... You know, I okay. Let me just let me yeah, let's, yeah. Let's stop. Oh yeah, a sorry. Right. No, no, Hair no, no. Metal Altman. There is F seven. My wife will tell me it's not my most attractive quality. Oh. But I love being able to be in a situation and grab a quote from one of my favorite movies oh, and address the situation. Curry with a quote. brand cat food. <laughs> so that's not really a quote, dude. So <laughs> so, so what's the word? I was at work and this coworker offered me a piece of a brownie and I said <gasps> no. I said no thanks. They make my teeth hurt. And. Of course, and they were like, "What the?" They're, they're, they knew it. No. They were like, "No." no they were like, oh, yeah, "Okay." Kind of obscure, okay, yeah, asshole. Like, <laughs> but, like, but I've been wanting to say that to someone. You've had you've stored years. that. You've I was stored like, that oh, back. I can't wait to be able to say no thanks. They make my teeth hurt. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, no, that movie's fucking insane. Wait, so anyway, so yeah, hair metal. Anyway, yeah, but no, so, but blues music is blues like blues music today. Like I often I've found as a listener because like my um, trajectory as a listener has always been kind of like ass backwards. Right. What you is know? it? That what is it? Well, I mean, I, I I find something I like, and then I go backwards to find out what they liked. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and along the way, I maybe won't listen to things that like were kind of crucial to the the, the path. Genesis, the you path. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I can say now, as a man who's like closer to forty than thirty, Woo! like I find there's a lot um, scarier in the music <laughs> of like Lead Belly than there is in like the rock and roll that. Yeah, I yeah, first yeah, experienced yeah, yeah, yeah. like genuine darkness. Gen- darkness, yeah. Well, then it was like sort of packaged to be happy darkness. I, I don't even know what it's packaged. I just yeah. hear like a lot of loneliness. Like the Woo. way the stuff that those guys were establishing with the guitar, um, which didn't really have a precedent. Yeah. Uh, it, like that. Robert that's, Johnson. Yeah. Lead Belly. It's star. It's kind of gut wrenching. Yeah, yeah. So you, you was your teacher like, yeah, check this fucking shit out. Well. Sort of. I. It, it's just. It was mostly just being curious and yeah. like having the records and looking, reading the shit on the yeah. back, and 
and seeing these names and reading reading a lot of interviews a lot of a lot of music magazines yeah and just hearing them talk and then instantly like it's like a, it's like a footnotes a bibliography you know you read a book like you just go back I think you just have to be curious but anyway so that led me to all kinds of stuff and then I mean Eddie Van Halen was talking about Alan Holdsworth yeah and I was like who the hell who is that like the only guitar player he ever said that he liked really yeah yeah he would say who do you think who would never would he wouldn't. He said he never said anything about anybody else. Could you imagine being that <laughs> fucked up? <laughs> That's amazing. That like just, I can't even say anything nice about other people. But, but Alan Holdsworth. So, uh, so that you know, it's just anything. Just if you're, you know, that that got me. You know, and then you know, I shunned the hair metal thing and got into jazz. As in high school. Yeah, yeah. At end of high school, and then that was like, yeah. So rarely does that path start beautifully. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Painful. It's like if you go from Eddie, guitar, I mean, Eddie Van Halen to jazz, you're probably oh. gonna like find Al Demiola before you find West Montgomery. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Is that true? Well, because Al Demiola was in the guitar magazines. That's what I'm saying. He was in there. Yeah, yeah. Although Casino is a really good album. If you probably don't know it, I don't, don't know. listen to it. But. So, what can you tell me about Al Demiola? I mean, I thought not much actually. I think he's from Long Island. Um, <laughs> Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, and Al Miola. These guys are all from Long Island. They're all from Long Island. So there's a lineage of the Italian-American. Does Long Island celebrate that? I don't know. Although I did see Steve Vai and all. I, I, don't, I don't think they do. I, definitely not. Isn't that fucking weird? That's, they should have statues. You think, right? Monuments. <laughs> Al Miola, statue of Steve Vai. Public library. <laughs> like wherever in Long Island. Well, I, you know, I've told this fucking story on here a lot of oh, times. Yeah. But uh, like, I, I was in... Um, the Dallas Fort Worth area, like days Dallas. after Ornette died, in this, uh, in in Texas, and I, I was with this guy. No, I mean, Al Miola Ornette. Well, I mean, no, no, but but, 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 but here's my point: oh, was yeah. that I was like, so did like what did they do anything? He was like, what do you mean? And I was like, did oh. the like the city like did they do like um oh right right like a flag right 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 or like you know take a moment of silence? Or, Haven't they done something since or no? That no. no. So not Damn. only did they not like. And this dude was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, dude, Ornette was fucking from here. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So not Shit. only did they not like citywide say, hey, let's fucking take a, a pause for Ornette. But when you look at the people that are from the Dallas-Fort Worth area from that uh, specific uh, time, uh, it's John Carter, Ornette Coleman, right, right, fucking right, Charles right, Moffat, right, right, Jimmy right, Jufri. Right, right. Like, wow. All those cats came from Dallas-Fort Worth. In Buddy like, Holly. Sorry, no, sorry. Did he? No, Lubbock. Sorry, sorry, right. sorry. Forget so, it, forget but it. But wouldn't you think that like Fort Worth would be like, hey, we're like this fucking stupid city yeah, in the middle of nowhere. this cultural history. This, These this guys sort of... reinvented 20th century music. Like, no. let's say what's up to them. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Al Demiola, Joe Satriani, on the other uh, hand. Not sure, <laughs> really, what's going on with that. So, I mean, to me, to like a 13-year-old in mass, I mean, I knew about them, but anyway. But did you, so who were the first jazz guitar players that you were the like? The first jazz guitar players that, uh, Kenny Burrell. Really? I was lucky to hear Jimmy Smith early on, which is really blues-based. Yeah. So I could play along with those records. It's like stomping music. Yeah, I could play along with Jimmy Smith, so that was cool. So I, I felt like, yeah, I can I can get into this. Get into this. Jim Hall, Wes Montgomery, Charlie Christian. So you found all the good shit right away. Pretty soon, but yeah, pretty early on. But I didn't have the technique to really do the Charlie Christian was a little beyond my technique, Jim Hall. But the Kenny Burrell, for some reason, since it was more blues-based, I could get into it. Uh-huh. So that was that was good. That was a good entry to jazz. Yeah. But then you know, you then you get into like some shit you shouldn't be playing on guitar like like, like ESP. 
Oh, you found <laughs> I that shit? Shouldn't say that. Shouldn't say you, that. You, you were like, it's like giant steps and some shit like that. But that was cool too. Giant steps. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, you start getting into that zone. You know, that was that was confusing for me. Giant steps. Point. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Because right. You know, it's funny. I never. I I always loved giant steps. As a kid, I never studied music, and the truth, and this is like embarrassing to admit, and like I'm going to show it like, oh, a, yeah, like yeah. a dumb Curse, person yeah. I am. I I never heard it as weird. Yeah, I just you know, and then you, it is weird, and it is difficult, and if you're studying music, um, like in a conventional fashion to approach that music from like a structural perspective, it's like oh, it's like this really weird piece of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This... Like, I, I kind of have to try to hear it weird. <laughs> try to hear it weird. <laughs> yeah, like make it weird to you. Like, what is this? Like. <laughs> Well, the Tommy Flanagan solo is really weird. It's like his, it's yeah. like his famous solo where he's like, he's not, it's not happening, right? The, the piano solo comes and he's like, he's got, he's lost, and the, that's weird. It is that's weird. Like become more of a favorite part of that, that, yeah. uh, that recording. Right, right, like, right. You know, Coltrane shredding, and then it comes up. And it's like, <laughs> that's incredible. Anyway. Wait, so when it came time to go to anyway, college, but I'm not like a expert in this at all so no i mean I, erase this take this out okay done <laughs> no, <I'm> click <laughs> um but but like if if you're you said i'm gonna go to fucking music school yeah i was like i went to music school you went and to nec or Berkeley? i went to nec and it was lucky because well i went to university of the arts in philadelphia for one one year before i went to nec to get like credits together or just to get no i just went there but, yeah. get, but i got a lot of shit together i had a really hard ass old school jazz guitar teacher yeah who was like trying to make me i mean he i went in there and he's like no 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 man you got to get this down first and i was just fighting it and one day i thought to myself i'm just gonna do what this guy tells so what me if he's to right do. what if he, i'm just gonna what i'm just gonna if? do what he tells me minor you know uh melodic minor arpeggios over over like a, a altered chord to like whatever i'm gonna just do what this guy tells me to do i'm gonna practice the shit out of right it. i did it he f- loved it we got we got on like famously and he gave me like really incredible foundation really incredible like skills to build off of Mm -hmm. like uh, fundamentals he built my fundamentals up like in that moment had no idea what was happening but i was actually working on fundamentals yeah like developing them super hardcore for one year and it was incredible if I had gone to NDC right away, they don't really have those types of teachers there. It's like, a little it's more a holistic. Little bit more, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like, yeah, you want to, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, Rand Blake, you know. Right. You, like learn these 15, it's like cult. It's like learn these 25 melodies, learn Blue Gardenia and like the theme, you know, learn the long goodbye. Like, yeah. What, what the hell am I going to do with that? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but like. I need to learn how to actually figure out how to play these things on guitar and make my way through changes and uh-huh. like just shit. Yeah. What? Can I swear on here? Yeah. That's without that, it was that. So that moment was that was a pivotal moment. That Is was that a guy deep still moment. Done it? Yeah. Ah, uh, Bob DiNardo. I mean, he, he was like the guitarist on the Mike Douglas show in Philly for like really? 25 years. Old school oh, lines. So he sick. would hate it when I left space. Like I would play like lines and I would leave space. And then I would play like. I would re- make a motive, uh, you know, repeat, go mo- mo- motifically on the uh-huh. shit, and he would be like, "No, no, 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 what are you doing? Come on, but it was actually good. I mean, I he would, was always I mean, just like, fill it up, fill, yeah, it, fill up. it up, fill it up, or keep keep those lines going. Come on, give me some light. I, mean, I don't know if he was doing it just to because he knew that I needed to actually thinking about it right now. Yeah, maybe he knew that I needed maybe. to like be able to see what that felt like so I could access it. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. Oh, well, you know, I think like, had you heard Frizzell yet? 
hadn't yeah i heard i heard frizzell on like the spillane record he's on that and so yeah, is albert but, collins but that's but like I you're hearing zorn you're not hearing yeah, yeah you're not hearing yeah. that. i had heard frizzell a little bit i had heard frizzell but i thought of him as other you know like i just I, wonder like about you know i wouldn't i couldn't I, I wouldn't be able to put together like frizzell doing sort of like a mixture of jim hall and like chet atkins and his own well, thing like i, I couldn't I'll have, just say, I I'll just say this that. using space yeah isn't immediately a good thing yeah, you know, if you're just using space to use space, like you're not necessarily making like a mature musical statement. True. You know. True. I, well, true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean I, yeah, you got to learn how to use space. Yeah. For real. I mean, right? Yeah. Listeners out there, we're learning. <laughs> but he he wouldn't like it when I would play like one note. If I if I was le- if I was like leaning on one note for like a measure like playing a motive with one note or octave displacement or stuff. He'd be like, no, but he no, thought no, it no. was lazy or what? He thought it was just, yeah. He just said, come on, come on. So anyway, that was, that was important because yeah. then I could, I could feel what that was like. And I, and I, and I worked that a long time and I, I went to NEC with those, those fundamentals that I didn't yeah. get in high school. Cause I didn't really study, take it that many guitar lessons in high school. I had some teachers here and there, right? but I was sort of self-taught in the jazz, the jazz. But thing. why did you go to NEC? Well, there were there were some great teachers there, you know, Mick Goodrick, Bob. Was Jufri there when you went? He was, but he was sick. He was he wasn't that well. Yeah, this is like this is a long time ago. It was like, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he died in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, I was there in the early to mid 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 to late nineties, and he was already sick. He was kinda... sick. Oh, Jim, right there, Jimmy Jufri. There he is. Yeah, psycho Jufri. Wow, this is. Yeah, he was sick. He was sick. So I, I, I unfortunately, I wasn't. Did you get to be around Paul Belay? He was there, but I was too intimidated. Really, like, I didn't have it. I I wouldn't have. Yeah, because you just talked the lessons you did with Paul Blay. He he wouldn't. You wouldn't play unless you were recording. I heard he was kind of a tough guy. Yeah, you would have to record at the studio with him to play with him. So I, at nineteen, I was like petrified. I too bad. I mean, I should have done. Well, maybe you shouldn't have. I was. A, I'm a late bloomer, you know. So I was. He was like, whoa. You'd have to, and you would just meet at the coffee shop and talk to him. So I, I was that, to me at that point that was really intimidating. Maneri was around. He was there, but I was I that again. I was more into like you I, was, you I was playing jazz. I was playing jazz. I was like right, you know. Playing you didn't you didn't check in with Maneri. I I sat in on a couple classes and uh-huh. I and I went to see him live a lot. I saw the quartet a lot with ninety five um, Randy Peterson, Maneri, John Lockwood was the bass player, uh-huh. and sometimes just trio. Yeah, I saw them a lot. Yeah, I would go see it. It was an amazing experience. I mean, was it like the weirdest shit you'd ever heard? Was yeah, it? pretty pretty much at that point. I mean, the audio, the shows were crazy, packed, 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 packed. Mid nineties, Boston, Riles, packed, packed shows. But I, you know, I, approaching it like I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was too. I was too timid. I wasn't there yet. Huh. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, which is okay. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, it's no, fine. I mean, it's fine. But I, but I, you know. I, I I went to see them. It was a thing in town, you know. You go see the Maneris. Joe right. Morris. Joe was killing. Joe was killing. He was so good. Did you spend time with him? No, no. He wasn't really doing. Le- he wasn't. I think he was. He wasn't really teaching. Maybe right. he was, but I mean, that was before he'd gone to NEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of an intense dude. Yeah, yeah. I know him now. He's sweet. He's amazing. Do you guys play now? We tried. To, we've tried to play. We've tried. Yeah. I went to see him. I I love Joe. Yeah, incredible. Wonderful. Joe's a really great guy. Have you had him on here? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of these have you done? Hundred and seventy-five. Wow. You stopped for a while, right? For yeah, for a minute. For a minute. 
probably gonna stop again soon. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved how I I was listening to. I love how the email chain we had was like from a year ago. It was a little. You're like you. I was just writing. I'm like, hey man, I'm listening to this. It was like a year ago, and uh, you wrote me back. Like the the, the <laughs> message was Miami because I was in Miami. <laughs> what were you doing in Miami? I was playing a gig with Joey Arias. Who is this downtown icon yeah. uh, performer? And we were playing at in the Miami. Jackie Gleason Theater in Miami. That's so fucking weird. It was weird. It was amazing. And we we're sitting, we had all this downtime, and I was just sitting at the pool, and it was kind of like a tropical storm happening. It was in June. And I was just like, sh- just, just like, you know, shredding through podcasts. Just, and it's I had not, yours yeah, up. Yeah, and yeah. I was listening to like the Trevor Dunn one, which is, and then the Charlie Looker one, which is hilarious. So, Charlie, <laughs> I've listened to his podcast with M. Lamar. Yeah, those guys are insane. They're completely out of their minds. They're out of their minds. They're great. It's great. Yeah. Do you know Charlie? I I I know him a little bit. You know, I I don't really know him. I've I've met him at shows just briefly, briefly. Yeah. But I bought his new record and yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. piece of work. Yeah, I've known Charlie. You know, you guys are. We going met when we were thirteen. Yeah, yeah. You. Oh wow. At summer camp. At like camp. Yeah. At camp. At camp. fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can yeah, you yeah. say that? No. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, not at in camp. Con- not in not a concentration in a- camp, oh. but like. Uh, <laughs> oh but that's the, the thing. Night, like the other night, my wife and I went to see. Uh, went to the uh to see this this cinematographer that she really loves um natasha Breyer. she uh-huh. shot like a lot of shit she did like neon demon and she did anyway at one point one of the one of the people in the audience like asked her a question and she she made an analogy with like well if it's not like that they the person would be a concentration camp survivor survivor in like the whole place like, like 25 Quiet. and under was like ooh oh you heard Yeah, it. you know what? Like I I actually there was a day at work a couple years ago where um this one person who worked for me was like, "Oh, I'm, you know, it was like her last day at work before going um to Germany for 2 weeks." Oh shit. And you and, were like, "Don't well, No, no, but <laughs> she was like, like check in. Oh, no, she said something in. like, "Do you need me to um, bring anything back?" And I was like, "Well, if you see a bar of soap that looks like my grandfather, <laughs> please pick it up." And uh and she had that like same response that you were just describing. She's like, but like instantly, I was like, you know, fuck you. Like that's <laughs> like that's my history. Like and like I can say that because you're Polish, Polish Jew, yeah, Polish Jew. But, like straight up, like straight you know, up. it is that like N word thing and who yeah, owns yeah, it? Yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, I, it I'm helps making me this jo- yeah. to make. I'm this saying this fucking jokes. joke right now. Yeah. So, get so out. Charlie and I are always talking oh about God. we're gonna make. I a would fucking love record. to hear you guys off. Like, to, I'd like to hear you guys do a podcast about that. We're gonna do it. Okay. He was supposed to come over. Possibly today, but it didn't work. Wow, <laughs> this is when it goes dark on five zero four. Yeah, yeah. So wait, did you start playing gigs around Boston? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. I started playing gigs. Started booking my own gigs. Started my you own had a bands. Band? I had a couple bands. Original music. Original music. My first gig that I booked was at the Willow, which is a wow. which is like a legendary club in Somerville where the Fringe started. They played there forever since wow. the seventies. First gig I booked. I was studying with Bob Moses, the drummer. Rock Alarm. Rock Alarm. <sighs> Much deep, respect. right? Deep, deep. Troubled, deep, troubled, love it. amazing, deep. dark, yeah. troubled, deep, incredible. All, all the things I love. So he's at war last, and we're taking lessons, and the lessons would be in like euphoric, euphoria, or like just really dark. Like he would just be like, he would be what like just terrible. Like he would just be really hard on you, and like which is good, which was actually really what good. What are you playing? You yeah, like bitch what the ass. hell? Or like someone would come over, and he'd invite all these people in. So all of a sudden, your lesson was like a jam, and he was just like talking to the other people, and like you're like nineteen, and you're like, right? It was like, but you should. It's actually wish I that you get roughed up a little. You got to get roughed. Up, yeah, <laughs> totally. But then, so he's like always telling me. So I hired him for a gig at the Willow. Oh shit! And it was amazing. It was you, really did fun. like a duo. No quartet with some other guys. He's like, yeah, yeah. Call me, call me out. He's like, just need a hundred bucks. 
It's amazing hustling me for a gig. I loved it. I ended up giving him like ninety three dollars. I remember. I remember. Really? Yeah, I remember. You couldn't scrape. Like, I gave him like all the money. I was like, I was like, gave him all the money that we got at the door, and the other dudes were like younger, and I was like, gave him like twenty bucks. Like all the bread's going yeah, to Bob. Yeah, all, so fuck all, off. All, all the bread's going to Bob. Man, it was amazing, and I played all tunes that he loved, like. Uh, Coltrane Blues. Oh God, what is it called? You played um, standards. We played standards. Played my romance. We played uh, shit that he loved. Shit, stuff that he loved. Some some Pharaoh Sanders maybe. Really? We did two sets. The creator has a master plan. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we played Femby. Really? Yeah, yeah. Two chords. Amazing. Incredible. But it was a great experience because after I was, I thought that I was, I was like two weeks like depressed, like oh, I was awful, I was terrible. Wait, was wait, like, wait. Tell me about this. I just thought I played terror. I was like, I thought it went off. I was just, I couldn't believe how bad that how poorly I played. People were into it. Like all my friends came. It was like my but first gig that were like in front of like a real audience. Yeah. People came like to a place, like they had to get there. It was like a whole thing. But, but were you bummed out because you had played shitty on a gig or did you see it as much larger than that as like? As yeah, I saw it as like, what the, I mean, I gotta, I should quit. Like I can't do this. Like, like I still, that still happens to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like I set this show up I'm I'm here. I called these guys. Place everybody. A lot of people came. It's a place I've been going to since I was high school to see all. At that point, you know, the Willow was like huge. It was yeah, like, yeah. I went to see the Fringe. I went to see Bob Moses. I went to see all these these incredible people in Boston. And then I I'm there. I'm 19. Shitting and I on do the stage. It, and I just that was yeah. it. So that was those were some that was really dark. I played a gig once. Yeah. What five years ago? Shit. Oh wow. So with heroes. And something happened oh. that led me to believe that one of the people was displeased with the performance. Of you or the Just girl group. I spun into a depression oh, so shit. instantly and it. so severely that I didn't get out of bed for almost two days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. That was the same thing. I mean, I think I think I've I've, I've had, that's happened to me in the in the in the in recently, you know? Yeah. But I've gotten good at get just getting right. You just, just get it's right just over gig. it. It's just a gig. You got to get over it. It's just a gig. You gotta, yeah, you can't. You can't let it happen. It's just a gig. And how much responsibility are you really going to accept for like a gig that wasn't utterly transcendent? Exactly. You got to do them. Well, just gotta, I just, I mean, you know, the the reaching into the cosmos is maybe not like gonna happen every night. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. You could try, but I mean, we want that to happen. Yeah, there's so many factors. Yeah, this. Yeah, you 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 definitely want that to happen. So that gig but sucked. You, but and- that gig sucked. Well, I think I thought it sucked. That gig sucked, and I was seriously like, "Oh fuck!" Like if this is what it's always going to be. But somehow, because for some people it is. I mean, a lot of people in school, a lot of people I went to school with, I mean, don't have anything to do with music. They get it's burned hard. off at different times. Just after school, it was over. Like a lot of people, it's sad. Most people. Most people, it's sad. It's like, all right, well, whatever. You're not doing is this as a career, but still do it. I think it's kind of sad. I, I don't know. Like, you don't I, know. I, Maybe I'm it's asking. not. It's like, get out of here. No, Stop I don't know. Like, uh... Kind of, it's so, it's so, it's a joyful thing. I mean, I, I know some people our age who I see who are still involved in music and have really like dark relationship with it. 
It's really I, I'm one of them, largely. Yeah, but you do work. You present. You're 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 doing stuff. Well, I, which is I, I guess I'll say this. Like it, you know, when I'm and I'm genuinely asking. I'm not stating yeah. like is it sad? You know, if someone is it sad? Maybe, maybe you know not. maybe they didn't give that much of a fuck, and yeah. instead they you know went into their family business or whatever. Sure, sure, thereby sure. bypassing being 40 years old and playing for two, two people, people. Right, right. And right. wanting to go blow <laughs> yeah, their brains out. Exactly. True. So in that in that sense in that sense, yeah, it's not so sad. Yeah, I don't know. It's sad. It's good. I mean, I always, you know, like, I guess it's not like get get yeah get out of here. <laughs> you know, I don't know what. You, we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So, um, did you? I mean, did you see New York on the horizon? After? I did. I saw it. I, I remember. I kept, I came down and played Tonic with Naftuli's Dream. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you started playing with Naftuli's yeah, Dream. Yeah, so Dream. So they were on Sodic and like we played. Were you we, on those records? I wasn't on one. those records. No, this I never was Eric? on a record. Eric Rosenthal, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like one of the first like radical Jewish culture yeah. releases with Ben Goldberg. And, and it's like, really like, pretty fucked up music. Yeah, it's great. They were like, great. Legitimately fucked up legitimately music. Legitimately fucked up music. So they were playing. So I remember coming down to Tonic in 98 or 99. It would have been right when the club No, opened. maybe 2000. Okay. But still, the early days. Early days. And coming down, playing New York, and it was a great show. And then just being in New York and being like, wow, this, I can't do this. This is insane. Just stepping outside, just be completely overwhelmed. Yeah. It wasn't until my friend in in 2003 was like, "Look, have my wife needs to go is going to school out of state for a year, masters. You just come here. <laughs> you got a room, move in. The rent was really cheap. She's gone. I'll be going to see her. Like you can stay here with with me, be my roommate. So that was really got me here because I was like in Boston. It was cool, and that I just took the plunge. That was, and that was easier. And that was Park Slope, Douglas Street. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Douglas, Douglas and what? Douglas and um, Douglas and Fourth Ave, like where? Right there, by the music. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. But, um, by but the, the School of Improvised Music later, the Douglas Street Music yeah, Collective. Yeah, now Three's Brewing, right? Uh, School of Rock, Starbucks, right. whatever. I don't know. Starbucks. <laughs> no, that was terrible. Not Starbucks. <laughs> uh, actually, not Starbucks. Ninth Street Espresso. Even better. <laughs> It's a, there's a, there's, I didn't realize there's a ninth street in in Three's Brewing. Yeah, you could do worse. Yeah, Three's exactly. Is amazing. Actually, thanks. Actually, yeah, I'll yeah, go there. I'll take that. I'll spend. Not, yeah, for sure. Uh, so that was that was, and I was lucky because at that point I was in 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 some bands that were touring and and uh, which bands? Cosmic Observatory band. This dude from Berlin, Paul Brody. Wait, so wait. When did this Jewish thing happen? This Jewish thing happened at NEC. I took like Hankus Netsky's, you know, Eastern European. Uh, music history class and we started playing and then we started we made a group out of it and we started getting gigs and, and you bar dug mitzvahs. It. You dug and I was dug and I was digging the, like the, the tremolo the... technique that I do it kind of came from that yeah. I was digging the scales I was digging the it was actually really great for ear training because here you are in jazz trying to train your ear for all these you know this complex shit and then it's like one four minor flat seven you know stuff and you're like wait a minute what is that right <laughs> so it really was like it got you it, it stripped it down to like ornamenting a melody you know mm-hmm. klezmer is all about so, I mean, like, yeah the klezmer form is not the, that dissimilar not from that, jazz yeah and, and it's the melody and it's all about the melody all the time in like ornamenting right that melody and taking liberties within the melody you don't really you don't, you're not taking a solo you're not right so that was that was a really that was that was important. Are you were playing with Hankus? I was playing with Hankus a little bit. He, he can play. He can play. He yeah. knows his shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, he was one of the people that was begging his like uncle to show him the stuff who would, would, was just not, didn't want to show him like, yeah, he you don't want to know that. He was one of the people that actually had a firsthand connection to that. Show. Yeah. Yeah. His, his, his family were playing bar mitzvahs and club dates in the fifties, forties right. and fifties. And, and then the music died and it was Hankus and a handful of others who brought it back in the late seventies. Frank was one of them. Frank was in there. Yeah. Frank London. Uh, Frank London. You know Michael Alpert, all these dudes yeah. in the West Coast and and in New York. So yeah. Anyway, so that was that was uh, important for 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 a minute there, and I did it a lot. You I did it a lot. I did it a lot. I did you it a lot. That Krakow Festival. Right? I played the Krakow Festival a couple times. Yeah, I actually played with Paul Shapiro there a couple years ago. He lives right down. He lives right down here. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that was cool. That was good. I mean, it got me like. I mean, I was actually getting gigs and like real wow, gigs. I'm, I'm, I'm like getting you know. I mean, it's sort of looking back, it sort of sidetracked me a little bit because I was like. I was going anywhere sort of like the funds were. So focusing on my own stuff sort of took right. a backseat and doing that sort of thing. But it was, yeah, it was Yeah, it but was you know great. what though? Like you're what, a 24 years old, 25 years old? 23 to 28, you know, yeah, I mean, 30 doing that a you lot. Know, you're probably better off because, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You I, didn't, to... I didn't move here and have to get like a shitty job because I was gone a lot and doing these tours and I would go back to Boston and play like weddings or whatever. It's not... It wasn't like terribly like fertile time, but it enabled me to be in New York and and be playing and be playing, and getting really good at yeah, the yeah, fucking instrument and getting good at the instrument. Is that that guitar that you play? Yeah, yeah, How, I've had that thing forever since like what ninety five. Yeah, I've burned a hole right through it. Is it a custom guitar? It no, it was it was uh, modded out by somebody somebody's dad who I went to NEC with because the headstock's a telly, right? Yeah, the the the. The body is a Telecaster with a Strat neck and Strat mm. pickups, but right. it's yeah. I've just had it's just my guitar. I had yeah. to sell my other guitars recently to fund like a recording. Really? So I have one guitar right now, but yeah, that's what I have. But do you like? Do you ever like geek out and lust over like beautiful vintage guitars? Oh my god! I yeah. played a gig with Nels Klein yesterday. Oh, where? At the Newport Folk Festival, we did a duo. You played there yesterday? Yeah, it was incredible. But I I went to Nels' house a few times and. We rehearsed and he's got some guitars. I mean, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's beautiful. He's got some guitars. He's got some guitars. Beautiful guitars. Incredible. I you think there'll be a time. And it's just oh, like it's just beautiful. Like, oh, it he's got some incredible guitars. I mean, yeah. I, I there'll be a day again. I mean, of course, I would. I have. I would love to. Oh yeah, I would love to have. You know, yeah, maybe five guitars. Not not a hundred and five, but. I think someday that I'll 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 get there someday. That's another it's, thing with it's those, okay with those rig rundown videos. Oh yeah, as the guitars they're going through <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, but they're going through their their like their setup. And the first place they go is they have these racks of guitars yeah, on incredible. tour. Nels told me that Wilco brings fifty plus guitars on tour. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but he has a rig rundown. Yeah, he's on there. Oh, I got I got I haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah, he's on there. But like, how do you? It's this, he says it's like the song. It's like a certain type of yeah. You know, you you need your backup for your main guitar. And then you need each song as a special, I, as I a got, special I gotta thing. I got to use that PRS for this gotta, fucking oh, song. Oh, PRS. PRS oh, okay. is the worst, right? Yeah, the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's like POS? P- <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know that the worst. I just see all these like whack-ass, like fucking Mark-ass busters playing them. And I'm like, PRS. oh, that guitar must suck then. Like yeah. the dude from 311 plays a PRS. PRS. Oh, yeah, they suck. They suck. It, Maybe I, the craftsmanship is good. They're expensive. There's a thing, a status thing. I don't know. I don't know. They're terrible. There is, it's a status thing in that, like, you got to be a rich person to play one. I don't know what is attractive about a Paul Reed Smith. I, I, just, I don't know. I, I've never played one. So maybe I'd love it. 
I just feel so like if, if, if I they was gave guitar, me one, I would take. If it, I actually. was a guitar player, I would I would want some old fucked up hunk of wood yeah, that is yeah, like yeah, been yeah. In, you know been out there in the streets. You know, well, yeah, the the dude at uh, uses Bowery Pine over at uh, oh god, the place in the West Village. Oh god, I oh, can't uh, remember anything anymore. Matt, Carmine Street? Matt no, Umanoff? not Umanoff. No, Carmine Street Guitars. That's the place. Yeah, not Umanoff is just gone. they don't make them. Right. Is it gone? Carmine Street Guitars. No, I think Umanoff is gone. You, is it really? Yeah. No, this dude uh, <laughs> Kelly makes them out of Bowery Pine. Right. Yeah, yeah. He makes telecasts like Jim Jarmusch has one, Lou Reed of played one. Yes, of so course. he like goes and gets the you know building. Yeah, I would love to play one. Of course, I would. I'm ready for more guitars, but, but I have to make I, I, albums you know, right now, so I, I need to. <laughs> but like, I, I look at like you know I'm, I'm watching a video of like Hendrix play, and I'm like, well, if fucking Stratocaster was good enough for him. One you pedal, know, why two the pedals. Fuck, do I need a you know? And again, like I don't even play guitar. I don't own yeah, a guitar. Yeah. Why do you so, need ten guitars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't need a PRS or a you know like a fucking seven string Ibanez. Oh, yeah, Ibanez. <laughs> the, so, uh, the Chilean dictator, Ibanez. <laughs> right, I was thinking that. That's amazing. But the And, and free improv? Like, were, that you, was, were you participating in that? Uh, a little bit, you know, a little bit, a little bit. It wasn't, that That took me a while to get into, you know? Uh, Peter's a good... Um, Peter, yeah, Peter Evans. Peter Evans, he's a, he's a good conduit for... for yeah, I started playing, I met Peter through a session that I did with Jesse Dolman in the basement below elixir remember that place the juice bar yeah in 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 chelsea in like 2003 jesse dolman the tube the tubist yeah we got together with peter and we and we and we played down there and then we we sort of hit it off and you know but, but <laughs> with peter because he's a psycho he's a psycho yeah <laughs> complete psycho so yeah uh yeah, we, we, we met, and then that sort of was like, got me into it, and I was doing more banjo then. I hadn't sort of brought it together on guitar. It, things were kind of separate. Guitar and banjo were Wait, separate. when did the banjo become a thing? The banjo became a thing at NEC in like 97. From the perspective From of Hankus, because, like, because the Jewish bands, in, when, they, when the shit came to America in the 20s and 30s, they used what was the popular instrumentation right? of the day, which was tenor banjo. There were no drums. You would use a tenor banjo. It's like a Dixieland thing. It's a Dixieland thing. You would lose that lineup. It was trombone, clarinet, trumpet, tenor banjo, tuba. It was like the Dixieland thing. That's wow, what an annoying instrumentation. Yeah. I mean, klezmer clarinet, I'll say it here, is the probably the best. There's like only a couple people I can listen to do it. It's pretty brutal. It's brutal. Like, I can't really do it, except there's a few. I won't name any names. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say one. Okay. And... And it's a person who fucking changed my life oh. with the way he plays is Ben Goldberg. Oh, yeah, well, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ben. Just play with him the other day. <laughs> yeah, ben. what Ben does with the instrument and... Totally. There are very few people in my in my estimation who who get to uh, that level of musicianship, that level of understanding of the instrument, the history, the yeah, context, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. fucking schmear, ben. and schmear, use it yeah, to yeah. like, a, you know, like a, for like a life's work. Like what Ben does ben. with the horn is... You know, New what all of us. Deep. I mean, yeah. yeah, that first fucking record yeah, yeah. changed my life, and yeah, still you heard like, that. And as a teenager, no, or I heard later, it, later, I heard it when I was like twenty. Right, right, right. You know, but it was just as like, a clarinetist. What? Yeah, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Like this guy is not like a little kid. Have you had him on here? Oh man! Oh yeah! The oh, very man. best episode of this it's whole been, podcast has been totally. Oh shit! Yeah, like I, man, I, I there's a lot of good episodes, man. I've no, listened the very to like, best one of all time is with Ben. You know what? I I really like the Kenneth Goldsmith one. Yeah, Kenneth is deep. When he talked about it at the end, he was like, positivity is the avant-garde. Right. Like, negativity is so easy. I mean, yeah, I'm all for, like, darkness and, like, contradiction and sure. incompatibilities of life and, like, sarcasm. But, like, 
thought about that after. Like, that's it's kind of. It is so easy to be negative. It's like it's anyway. Hard. That stuck it's out. It's almost hard not to be. Yeah, I know. It's hard not to be. Mm-hmm. That that stuck out. That that was a great. Or the John Abbey one. I kind of like the ones that were the non-musician yeah, ones. Yeah, kind yeah. of the most. You were doing that for a minute. I, like, yeah, that I, was, I would do it more. John Abbey. I I had no idea, man. Yeah. Is he like? Is he a Boston dude? I don't know. I don't know. Have you fucked around with that like uh, lowercase erstwhile shit? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, Keith Rowe. Yeah. He's like loves Keith. He's Rowe. a guitar I mean, he, player. Yeah. 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 Keith. It, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Perry, Keith Rowe duo, <laughs> I Beam. Nobody's there. Seven hundred people down around that the block. That is one of the devils that sits on my shoulder at all fucking times. What's that? Is like, I feel like we should start this now. Oh, let's we're, go. We're, like, we're like, one Shemay. Well, well, we'll, we'll crack open another one. Like, <laughs> it's like no, it's like there's the devils. They're always there for me. Like, yeah, I, sure, I know sure, I'm sure. not the best clarinetist. When I, but it, it's always. But who cares now? Who cares about well, that? No, but like. Forget it. You're, when you're, you're doing, doing work. You're doing shit. But when you're doing shit, like that devil that's like, yeah, 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 yeah. but can you really play? You know? It's there. And, and I got to say, I kind of honor that devil a lot okay, of times. Okay, okay. Like if someone said like, play some, play the most simple, play, play a, a C major scale right, right. with <laughs> just the best intonation you got. <laughs> your freak, your worst nightmare. No. No. It's You're like, ready. You should be able to do that. You, you know, like, I, I, I almost feel no, like... No, fuck that. No, you shouldn't. No? Who cares? Who, gives who a fuck? fucking cares? Who gives a fuck, right? At this point, you're doing work. You're presenting things that you work... Who fucking cares about that? Right. Like, do you think... I mean, people who use the same set of, like, materials their whole career and, like... Is it man, like Keith Rowe, is he kidding? Does he give a shit about... Playing a C major scale, maybe he does. Maybe he does. I, I, I don't Actually, I've been around. I've been around improvisers in the in the in the warm like backstage warming up, and they're sitting there running scales, which I oh, it's, it's just pretty incredible. Well, you know what's funny is like you hang out with someone like Evan Parker, right? What is his routine? What is? What is I mean, I I can't speak. To, I've I've observed have him. You done it? Have you had him on here? I mean, we tried. We tried to obsessed with podcasts. It didn't work. It didn't. Work. Uh, but the um, I, I've sort of observed his warm up routine, but like more importantly, on the hang, oh like, yeah, he ta- he'll talk about what is he talking about sax players with like an encyclopedic catalog in his brain of who played with who, when, where, why, like the whole right, like, right, right, he's right, right. Clearly, right. he's got this like lifelong reverence for for this course, history and course. tradition, and like I don't know that. How can I say this? I'm probably gonna. This is. I gotta be very careful. Sad. I say this. No, like, don't be careful. No, it's just like I don't know. That, like if you dropped him into Smalls, he right, would right. be the first person to tell you. Like I don't think I can do what these guys want to happen. Right. Like just blown over the changes. He doesn't with, care. I think he does. That's my thing. Is like I don't know that that's true. I think he can step out of it and he can enjoy what's happening at Smalls. Yeah, no, he can enjoy it and know that. Yeah, like I, I think don't ultimately do he's smart and mature enough. Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to do what you just said, but I do think there's that part of the person that's like that has at least sure, a very strong reverence for that. Like when I listen and when I listen to you know, um, I don't know, like Lester Young. Fuck yeah, probably yeah, my yeah. might be my favorite clarinetist ever. Uh, I'm just I I just I'm completely blown away by like the the assertive statement of just being a fucking badass at jazz like chops to me but are yeah yeah cool. yeah 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 you love it yeah but you love it so much that you're not gonna do it like you're like what am I gonna do like Thelonious Monk love it so much but I'll never ever ever make an album or anything like Monk tribute like what the right what is that it's really dark I, I can't I don't know that's that's real I mean <laughs> that's dangerous <laughs> sorry take that out. 
<laughs> no, no, but there's that thing of like when, like when Miles was like Keith Jarrett asked Miles, he's like, man, why don't you play the why don't you play the standards anymore? He's like, because I love it too much. Like in the 70s, he tried to get him to. I mean, it's in some documentary. Everybody knows this quote, but it was in some documentary where he's like, he's playing with Miles, and they're just shredding every night. And he's yeah. like, Miles, can't we play like Stella by Starlight? Can't we? And Miles said that. Yeah, and Miles yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. no, because I love it too much. He's like, I can't do it. I, you know, man, I wish I would have met Miles Davis. Oh man, you would have schooled your ass. Oh, you would have been horrible. <laughs> like there, it's, he died in what 90, 91? 90, I think ninety one. Does anybody you know ever meet? I know him a bunch of people them? that have met Miles. Oh, wow. Consistently, they all the same say the exact same thing. Wow. He was the worst human being they ever met. Fuck, was he? He what? Maybe he was. Everyone I know that ever encountered who Miles gives Davis. A fuck, his life. What he dealt with. What as like a an upper class. Yeah, he, he grew up like son of a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to belittle the experience of Miles Davis, but I, I it, it is you know yeah. Ultimately, I don't give a fuck. You know, he's pro- he was like the Harvey Weinstein of jazz, probably. Yeah, 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 Harvey. <laughs> well, so what? Oh, no, oh shit! Take that out! Take that out! Take it out now! Take it out! <laughs> oh, look out! I thought I figured we were going to go there. Early but that's kind of a place. funny thing, though. Like when you do come face to face with like the people that are like your dudes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you- he definitely want. I mean. He was never able to maintain. He he would he would be with these really powerful women that he would want to, you know. Okay, now you don't work, you stay home. Right. I don't know. I, but but have, like, have you been able to like? Have you like spent like? Have you come face to face with with the heroes and like hung and and face to face with my hero like yeah. a hero of mine? Yeah, I guess that like some. I think a hero could be any anybody right. really someone you look yeah, up to like Cooper Moore I got to play with Cooper Moore sometimes I, yeah. I have I've done some gigs with him and I mean he's kind of a hero in a way what's that like being around Cooper or playing with Cooper it's amazing so much energy it's it's incredible I I you know I, I I'm lucky to be able to play with, with him or these these older these older gentlemen that are like I I want to be able to be playing like that no it's corny this is some corny no, it's shit not corny man it's, for, it's like when for... I'm seventy or. Like, how do I maintain the intensity? And I look up to a lot of these these people. I mean, I guess this is like fantasy heroes, you know, like, you know that that you may or may not ever get to play with. But Tom Rainey is incredible. Yes, yeah. ferocious. Yeah, like whatever. Sixty. So that's that's heroic like a, to me. That's heroic. To oh me. yeah, that's, yeah. No, he plays like a bastard. That's that's so. It's like yeah. I guess the famous. I don't know. I don't have. I ever had any other. I played with Bill Laswell recently at the at, at New Blue. What? A couple of you know, that was just like yeah, that was cool. But it was like no, he's not a hero, but you know, I grew up. It's fucking Laswell. It's Laswell. Was it two of you? Massacre. No, no, it was with Peter Applebaum. Put it on, uh-huh. and Mark Giuliano played drums. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah, like the Laswell Mark. rolls in with like you know he's rolling in. It's Laswell. <laughs> he's actually rolling in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's rolling in like a bass frequency. <laughs> no, he comes in. It was it was cool. It was cool. But he's like, you're not gonna really hang out with. La- I mean, those right. types of, I don't know what you call that, rock, like uh, iconic types. Yeah. You know, I was at Newport Jazz Festival yesterday, and and I mean, a couple of iconic of types. We like... sat one dude sat. In, I won't say any names, but one one dude sat in, and this guy's with Nels and I for a couple of songs. This guy bona, bona fide like rock star guy, and he was, it's cool. It's cool. So he's just. Guess it's just the personality, like Warren Haynes from Government. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this guy carries himself like a rock star, but he's southern, super warm, engaging, looks you in the eye, says hello sincerely. Hey, man. And the Laswell rolls in, he's like, 
He's got his wife talking to you. This is like a different. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that different thing. Anyway, but, right, like, you can honestly, put that in, but yeah, but like when some, when dudes roll in, like there are times when like um, like what's an example? Like uh, yeah. like I've been around people that roll sure. in with that presence. And, yeah, yeah. And I, either I'm like, oh yeah, you, you that's how you should roll. Yeah, in. exactly. <laughs> like when I saw this dude in Newport, I was like. I was like, man, you should roll in. You can be sincere when you roll in. Yeah, but you like, could be like, but these dudes roll in on like in. like like a fucking rock chariot. They they're not touching anything until they go on stage and they're being handed things. And there's like, it's incredible. And you should be rolling in like that. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I mean, I guess you'd be like, fuck that, I carry my own shit, you know. I mean, no, I I don't know, man. There's like, I, it's like. There's a way to do it and still be and still be cool. I've been around some dudes. And You've been kinda, around some. It's kind of interesting to see like how certain dudes roll. Like, um, yeah, yeah. You've been around a lot of. Well, dudes. no, but there was like you know there was a t- there was like whoa, this is, must have been this is over ten years ago already. Like, um, me and Tom, Blankart. And, yeah, and Sam and oh, Emily went to Las Vegas for you oh know, yeah, you five did this days. crazy record at Penn and Teller's At place? Penn and Teller's. That's house. right. But like you know, it's one of those things. Like, were they there? Was, the whole time. Wait a minute. Whose mom was dating one of them or something? Or, oh, mom, that's terrible. Oh, shit. Cut that out. Wait, Can't no, say no, that Emily's shit. mom and Penn were um, like high school sweethearts. Oh, okay. Who, okay like okay, maintained okay, okay, like okay, a okay. lifetime. You know, he likes crazy music. Yeah, Kenny Wallison has done some work with them. Yeah, so he, yeah, he built instruments. Us. He was and like, oh, yeah. you guys have a group of improvisers. Like, I have a recording studio. Come stay at my place. And you know, the thing about that was, did that was, come out? No, okay. the music wasn't very good. Okay, okay, um, okay. but was it fun? Well, so he, as we were when we were there, and as I witnessed, he's always got crazy people coming. And oh going. yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, part yeah. of his like his his vibe. This is, is the this is the small dude. No, Penn. The big, Penn's the big, a big guy. dude. Yeah, and Penn. Every day and every night, we like, he would keep us up till four o'clock in the morning. He's down. He's like so down. Uh, member of the tribe, of Penn. No, 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 he's no, like, no, no, no. Uh, he's, he's like one of you guys. Um, oh, he's like he's from um, New England, uh, Italian American town or something. Pittstown, yeah, Pittsfield. What's it called? Pittsfield. Pittsfield. Oh, right. Sam's from Pittsfield too, right? Sam. No, Kielk? I think Sam's from like a nicer place than that. Okay, no. he's from Western Mass. He's Western Mass, but, but not Pittsfield. Yeah, Pittsfield is a little, <laughs> you know. Please, I think Sam has. <laughs> he's scary shit out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, but, yeah, no, take, um, cut that out. Cut that out. There's a lot of no, editing no. in this. But no, no, I'm no, gonna. No, but the um, no, but I remember when uh, you know. So I kind of had this idea like, oh, cool, we'll hang out at Penn's place for a week. We'll probably like ball out and shit. And um, the first day he was like, you know, I'll I'll buy you guys lunch. What do you want? And I was like, well, what's good? And he's like, there's this place they make great sandwiches called Jersey Mike's. Amazing! <laughs> oh, like, Did you get a pastrami? No, I got like a turkey and Swiss. Okay, on whole, yeah, yeah. It was like fucking bullshit, you know. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, but but I was like, really? Like this? Is what's <laughs> up? Like, are you are you like if I go in the other room, are you gonna eat caviar? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pit, Jersey yeah. Mike's. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we just got there. Um, we got there from people rolling in, but you rolled into their roll. In. You were like rolling into their thing. You no, know, yeah, like a fucking like a, like a drifter at the Greyhound yeah, yeah, station. Yeah, 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 yeah. But did you? Um, they had like the sandwich budget for like the everything's the sandwich budget. You gotta get sandwiches. You gotta keep track of your finances at that. At that How bad? Like, have you got? Like, I know you yeah. toured a lot. Yeah, but have you bit. gotten good at, at like what? like uh, making sure like, like taking baggies with you and taking food from the from the buffet? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was funny. Like exit Newport. Like my wife was there. I'm like, yeah, throw this in the back. <laughs> It's just like they had good green tons of shit? like, you know, beers and stuff. I'm like, yeah, take this for the ride. Like, can't. It's like so funny. Yeah, I actually one time in in I think it was in Norway, I was like, it's at the breakfast table, and I went over with a napkin to like take a sandwich, and some dude came out. I was like, you can't do that. You, you can't take me? it. Yeah, 
yeah, you can't take you you can't take any. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up doing it. I stuck it. Like, no, I mean, I do it a little bit. Like, yeah, if you have like a twelve hour train ride ahead of you, you yeah. better be prepared to like pack some shit from yeah. the buffet. That's I mean, it's shit. just like just common sense. I don't. If I'm with you and you say you're starving, you start complaining. It's like. That's a drag. That's a drag. I don't want to be around you. Yeah, get, or get it's it together. The end of the night, you're going back to the hotel. You know you're going to be hungry. Yeah, you better have something back there. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Piece of sausage. Something. Travel yeah. with shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You good at touring? I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty. Pack light. Yeah, pack light. Pack very light. I can go. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm about to take my trio on a 10 day tour in October. What trio is this? With Daniel Levin and Henry Frazier. We've got an album That's coming out. That's a new out. group. New group. Yeah, we've played. We've been together for about two years, but we have a record coming out. Who's playing in, it out? Uh, Astral Spirits. And What's up with that? Austin. Label? They're cool. They're a tape label. They do some cassettes too. It's mostly. So they're putting out a tape. They're putting out a tape, and then we're like <laughs> splitting CDs and stuff. Also CDs because okay. touring. I'm like, you know, I'm old. I'm like, wait a minute, tape. I used to. I mean, all I did was buy tapes from like age eight to right. eighteen, but. Anyway, so yeah, we're going on tour. Like as a band leader on tour, it's a little bit different than like a sideman tour. Mostly, I've done sideman touring. I've done a little bit of band leader touring, but this will be the first sort of extensive band leader tour. So, what does that mean to you to be the, to well? Be the band you just tour? all of a sudden you're kind of you know if you're a good band leader, you're you're sort of like you know you've got to put yourself you don't put yourself first necessarily. You put the good right. Of the, good of the anyway so you're I, for me you know you're a little bit more concerned with everybody's well-being so it takes so, an extra set of uh how much of that happens in advance though for instance to make sure that everyone's got you know a comfortable place to sleep sure sure that happens in advance but when you're out there you know things happen yeah things happen things get stressful you know things like we're really late like when do we eat how do we deal with this you got to make decisions yeah so the last thing you want to happen as a band leader is like other other people starting to is it hard decision. for you? No, no, it's not hard. It's just yeah. like different than, I'm just saying most of what I've done touring has been it's with funny, other people. You know, I've done solo tours a yeah. lot, and but most of what I've done, you know, you're like in the sideman thing. I, I hear I hear what you just said, and oh, the but, first place my you, brain goes yeah. is like, I would rather be in a position, um, rather than being like the, the, the sideman who's hungry, irritable, needs to take a piss, <laughs> and can't do anything about it. I'd rather control. be in the, the position yeah, yeah. of like, I see my guys are hungry. Feed like, them. I got, you know, 30 minutes. It's more minutes. fulfilling than actually being fed after you're hungry. It's like, yeah, I got to yeah. get, I got to take care of my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, me too. Let me, I'm going to fucking hit that vending machine with the 30 seconds I have and get fucking I'm gonna throw them and coke and make a joke. And I'm going to give it to them and I'm going to feel so much better. I'm going to starve. They're going to eat. We're going to do the gig. It's under my name. I'm telling them to like lay out at B, play like this at C, do this. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. I actually, it's more fulfilling. Yeah. In a way. So the new band, it's all your shit. It's all my shit. It's, um, you know, it's highly composed at times and a lot of, you know, juxtaposed with a lot of improvisation, but it's a band, you know, I'm into bands. I'm into like from, from early on, I'm into like, let's rehearse the shit and let's pull it off. Let's pull off like a, a performance. Right. This is going to happen now. This is going to happen. That This is going to happen here. This is going to happen there. Unless pull it off as a, as a band, like I mm. I get uh, a thrill out of that. Mm-hmm. It's all my. And there's a lot of improvisation in it, but there's also a lot of structure. So are you playing? So it's the, guitar. It's, it's but it's cello, upright bass, and guitar, electric, electric guitar. guitar. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Overdrive on the guitar. Sometimes yeah. I don't really. Yeah, sometimes not not that many effects on this one. Sometimes yeah. some overdrive, some delay, but I'm just sort of like I'm melding, I'm mixing in with the with the 
with the, with the strings. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's challenging. But those guys are like elect. I mean, those guys are shred. I mean, yeah, those guys are like. You don't have to worry about right putting the overdrive. It's just I mean, because so what, they're you're, gonna swallow you up. You've done a few trio bands. You did the trio with um, Tom Zero Power Plant, yeah. my brother. Then that was just like yeah, shredding. That's shredfest. That's shredfest. I mean, my brother hits the drums harder than most drummers I've ever played with. I mean, he's smashing the drums. Like yeah, I mean, we record. I mean, Col- we recorded with Colin Marston our records, and he he and Colin was like brother is smashing the drums so anyway trio and then I have a trio with Allison Miller and Johnny DeBlaze which right. that's electric guitar and that's that's just just smashing so yeah this trio and I have a band with two drums Tetrama Fatale yeah so this thing I just want to strip away the drums yeah it's nice it's nice it's like no drums get this nobody you know because drummers when they're laying out they always want to sort of click the hi-hat they always want to like show you with it it's like shut the fuck up I'm still here. lay out <laughs> Don't play. I have better time than you. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always want to do it. They always want to like, the best drummers don't do it. Like yeah. the, the, the great ones lay out, they're out. It's cool. It just starts falling apart. Or they think it is. It's right. like, no, this shit isn't falling apart. So like, get the drums out. Instantly, everything's better. Yeah. yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> or get the drum set player out. Everything's like, wow, so much freedom. We have great time. drummers are like really fascinating to me. They are. They're really, really they fascinating. Are, yeah, they to are. Me. They are. Like, they are. Um, I saw Joey Barron play. Wow, I've seen him play a, a lot. For I saw him solo like seventy minutes straight. With who? With what? On a snare drum and ride cymbal. Wow. And trio with bass and sax. And, and, and you were like, I wish the did, drums were out. He, he did more shit with a, with snare, a snare drum, drum and a ride cymbal. Right, right, right. More right. inventiveness, more oh, music, I mean, more yeah, just yeah. Then, like technique, more just like just insane. More yeah, 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 yeah. Then, you know, any with a whole fucking piano, you know, like he yeah, just, yeah, he, yeah. He He's did it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, you know, that's what that shit's capable of. Yeah, you know? right, right. That's like, what dr- that's what's possible. <laughs> you know, possible with drummers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, it's like yeah, and it's Joey. I mean, he's the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with with my band with two drums. I had, I've always wanted to have two drums. I mean, I had to have a concept for them. I didn't want, I, I wasn't going to have a band with two drummers bring it. So the concept was no cymbals. Oh, really? Hi-hats, but no ride cymbals. Because the first thing. No crash cymbal. No crash cymbal, no ride. Because the first thing a drummer is going to do, if there's another drummer in the band, or the band is, they're going to go for that ride. They're going to start smashing their rides. It's just like, it's going to swallow everything up. Anyway, so. They yeah. were into it though. They're into it. They're great. The drummer in my band, they're they're amazing. They're great. They're they're down. But I felt like that that it, it needed some sort of like direction for it to work. So I'm a dumb caveman. Yeah. But I, I've seen I've seen a lot of bad lot of bad jazz drummers. Okay, okay. And I, I watch them and I'm like, okay, these you know, I can't judge jazz, <laughs> you know, against these guys, you know, based on these guys. Sure, these sure, guys sure. Are, yeah, you yeah. know, like you know, whack it, whatever. But it's like, who was the first guy to be like, okay, your composition is cool. Let me just play a bunch of white noise over it by like smashing this symbol, you know? <laughs> Take the symbols out with a handful of people who are symbols. But you should have you know to, what I'm saying? you should it's have like, to like get your symbol, uh, like a certificate license. license. Yeah. I, yeah. Know. First you start with one. Let's see what you can do. <laughs> and you get, this is really bad. You drop, like there's some, there's some, 
incredible symbolist. I, I, I used to work at incredible. the new school. And oh my god! I would. I was uh, signing out instruments and stuff, or no, recording. Um, oh, recording. Sorry. Like senior recitals. And oh, shit. right, right. And so, are you I, still engineering stuff out there? Not there. For people, no. but for people, yeah. Do you still do like yeah, yeah. mobile engineering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, like, um, so I would go on like a Saturday afternoon, and like in the course of a Saturday, I would record like four back-to-back recitals. And you know, ear fatigue is a real thing. Yeah. Especially oh. when it's drummer after drummer God. after drummer just smashing a fucking ride cymbal because it's it's literally white noise. Yeah. It's the acoustic way to make white noise. <laughs> there are so many people. I hope you put this first. <laughs> Cut this first and just repeat it the whole time. Symbol, white noise. Symbol, white noise. No, but like, it's true. But it's you, true. You know, with jazz music, the other worst culprit is the fucking guitar. Oh, know? my God. The guitar the cats is the worst. They guitars. EQ their guitar so it sounds like it's underwater. Yeah, yeah. The guitar. Did you ever do that? I may have done it. I may have done it. My what guitar is sort of more like an ice pick, sort of. Listen, guitar, I'll be the first to say that guitar ruins a good time. The guitar is the worst. The guitar, what is Lydia Lynch? There's nothing worse. Only thing worse than a guitar is a guitarist. I mean, the guitar ruins things. It ruins things. I think it does. I think it can destroy a good moment. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it's terrible. Just, just, just volume, just overall, just lack of of being able to sort of like mix and meld with the other sounds. I mean, the guitar is the worst, especially yeah. with gear and pedals. And yeah, the guitar is the worst. I, I, I'll, I'll be the first to say worse than cymbals. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Cymbals first. Cymbals are the guitar second. Cymbals are, might be the ad hoc groupings. Third, <laughs> <laughs> fourth. No, but no, the but Genesis g- of, yeah, Turning the treble all the way down on the sure, amp sure, and the sure, bass sure. all the way up. That's, I don't understand that. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Maybe trying to sort of uh, recall an, a lo-fi sound, a sound you hear in a recording uh-huh. that might not actually work in a room with that people is is, right? living and breathing in it. That's what I thought it was. Like you hear like a lo-fi recording of people who that's all they had. They're not really trying to be lo-fi, uh-huh. which is terrible. Who wants to be lo-fi if you can... Right, you can make bedroom, it like Bedroom anything. lo-fi, worst genre. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where you can make this shit sound good. No, you can like, make it sound like anything. Yeah, I mean, you listen to... Yeah, I, I think it's that. I think it's trying to recall a, a right. certain quality of a, of a, of a recording. Right. But you can't do that live do that. in the room with other musicians. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe there are people who do it. I, I don't know. But who am I to say? But yeah, low, I don't know. I'm, that's my guess. That's, yeah. that's just a, right now thinking think, of it. I always want, I always, I'm always sort of attracted to um, questionable musical aesthetics. Yeah, me too. And like taking the worst thing possible and saying, okay, there's, there's something cool possible yeah, yeah, from yeah. this. Like, could, could you ever like do that and like start from there? With a performance, or just like your set up your guitar. guitar to play like that, right? To play, to take something from really bad to, I think I'm working towards that. I think I could do it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I think I, I th- like what were you if, think? if I put together a band, yeah, that was fretless, oh, six string bass, right, 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 soprano sax, electric violin, <laughs> okay, congas. And like a and fucking scat singer, indie rock singer. Like, like, no, like a female oh, scat. Singer. Female scat. Oh god. And make. I, could I make like some sick deep music with that? 
Yeah, right, right. Wow. Probably not, right? Well, if you could engine, if you record it, if you could sort of like mix it later, like you mean live or on a record? Maybe a record you could do it. But live, I don't. Maybe like to me, that guitar setup, that 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 underwater amp sound is like on that most egregious level of of like just terrible, just utter whackness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. I would rather be be annihilated with treble in mid range any day of the week. Right. I'd rather be killed. Yeah. That. That's actually right. I'd rather be killed. That's a vibe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, guitar guitar players are the worst. Guitar players get so caught up in gear, get so caught up in the, my least favorite word associated with guitar is tone. Really? Guitar tone, like oh, I gotta. We're trying to get this sort of tone, and I need to use I need to use this amp, and I need to get this, you know, this person's tone, or it's oh, great tone, like get. So for you, is it like plugging for, in? And for me, it's like, well, I have my rip. few pedals and yeah. like I have my idea, but I've dialed in a thing that I just like any amp, give me any amp. Yeah. And that's just from me being not having that much gear and having to work with what but I have. You, is there a challenge there that you There's enjoy? a challenge that I like. Like right. when a guitar player is like, oh, I can't play this amp. I'm like, what is that? A PV 10 watt? Give it here. Yeah, like, exactly. Give me yeah. that. Who gives you like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Guitar players are the worst with that shit. And, but on the flip side, I, I mean, I, I do like gear and I'm like, oh man, that 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 68 Marshall like yeah I want to play out of that or that like Fender Bassman like sick but I've just never had I never had the, the means to like have a lot of that right. stuff but I do have like a vintage magnetone and I have I have a couple yeah. I have like an echo plate I have some gear that I, echo like, yeah that I use in the studio I mean I like gear and stuff but like yeah. when it's time to go live like let's set up let's Plug let's hit this play. let's you need to do this gig like let's play yeah but like studio is like it's cool like ooh you have like a uh, like a Vox AC30 right. vintage. Like, ooh, let me try that. Like, I'm totally. I I love concept gear, but like, man, we're here. We're at the gig. Let's go. Like, you don't have your shit. You can't do it. Who, what the hell's what? <laughs> I feel like that's some New York shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is. Like you play out of any any gear anyway. But then you know, I've been on tour and you you play out of you play out of whack gear. But I've I've. I've gotten over it. Yeah, that's some New York training. That's some yeah. New York shit. It's taken me like 15 years. It's yeah. like, it takes a long time. Yeah. But but I mean, I, I'm proud to be able to do that. Like, give me, you know, is, I mean, volume though, I, I definitely need to be able to have the enough volume to make it. Volume is important to me. Like, tone, <laughs> like that. But I need the volume. If I don't have the volume... In certain situations, if you don't, right. if you don't have the volume, then you're fucked, and it's yeah, tough. It, it's a crucial aspect it, of volume the, is is crucial. But the other shit, like mid tone, like fuck, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, tone. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I'm not trying to sell gear. I want a tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like some of my yeah. So uh, you're gonna tour the new band? I'm gonna tour the new band. United States. United States. Yeah, oh, is it? that a good idea? It's actually okay. I got yeah. some got some guarantee. It's okay. Where it's are you going? To, we're going to Midwest and then back through the South. You're going to play at Andai Music in Baltimore? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> on Dime. No, no, that's actually fine. No, we're going we're not going that way. We're going to like Cleveland, Chicago, St. Louis. Uh got some university gigs. I I I made it. Get those, man. Just from being out there playing there. They I never ask you people. Call I call them. I never ask people for shit. My wife is like, you never ask people for anything. Right. Just ask people. So I just start like people that I've met over the years. I just I reach out. Yeah, we'd love to have you. We get you a budget. You know, not every gig has a get. You know, but right, I have right, enough but you balance it to out to play so, yeah. to be able to pay the guys. 
the people and you know pay for like some food pay pay for shit and not yeah. lose every and I'm, i won't lose any money so it's cool so, so all these years of touring have like paid off in ways that i reached out i have a project it's strong i'm presenting it it's like a thing it's yeah like they want to have it like cool we know you it's like things you know when you when you don't think that what you're doing really has any meaning or is helping you it actually you're building anytime you go somewhere and you meet you do a do a show you yeah. meet people in a way sometimes but it's important so, to remember it's important to remember it's like it's it's okay it's like you're accomplishing th- you're you're making connections you're you're doing work you're doing, you don't have to you don't have to have like 75,000 records or content coming out splurging out every second you're like you know you're, it's, a, it's a long game anyway so this long game has sort of been starting to come back to me for now that I'm reaching out about my own things and it's cool you know I mean it's our first tour and I think that things are happening for it and the record US and tour like, US tour can you believe but it's a trio no drums we can fit in one car I mean this I can't you know it's three of us yeah, touring in the U.S. is touring in the U.S. is tough. So I'm a smart about it. We're not going for like three weeks. We're not going. <laughs> right. You know, we're not. We skipped some play. I skipped places. Then right. I was like, you know what? We're not going here. We're not going there. It sort of started to come together with the guarantees. I, I was trying to be smart about it. The guarantees came in, and then I built around it. And uh-huh. I hired a publicist to do some of the, you know, whatever. Blah blah blah. You got to kind of can't go out there for like three weeks sounds- and expect certain things at my level you know because i haven't brought a lot of my own bands to these places yeah, but that but, three week shit is or like, four five six weeks whatever people yeah, do but, it but like, I, 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 I mean we're all old like like dan and i there's like where he's got to get me it's like life is short time is running out time is seriously like like oh shit like i mean if if, <laughs> if there was gig after gig of like generous guarantee Fuck yeah, do a six week tour. You know, if you're yeah, just exactly, like raking it in, if you're raking it in, or I'm able to pay them and I'm cool and I'm not losing any money and I can just keep the ship rolling. But other than that, doing the six week tour where it's like just, five nights in a row of eating shit for like a gig that like is minorly not the worst, you know, mildly yeah, right, right, not right, the worst right. five and, nights down the road. Like, unless you're a band, this is sort of like my band. If like you're a band and you're like gonna hit it, like everybody's get out there. But I'm like, tell. I mean, it's like my music, and I'm like, you know, oh, lay music. out, lay out on this section, and you come in. There, you know, you're telling people shit. It's like, okay, I'm gonna pay. I got dinner tonight. You know, I guess I just feel like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a. You need to establish like, I got you, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna take us out under ridiculous circumstances for my thing. Like, I want to build this. This is want you to. I just did. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But would you? What? I just did a quick tour. Oh, you did? Of, of Oh, yeah. Solo. What were you doing? Solo. And I ate shit. On where, the road. Where, where would you go? I went down the East Coast. That's right. And um, it was, I, I knew going into it that. Where'd you go? Up, uh, like for, like that, from here to North Carolina. Oh, wow. Um, How it, was it? It did what I needed it to do, which Great. was I needed to go out and be able to see if I could play for, you know, 40 minutes yeah, exactly. a night solo night. and have it be personally compelling. And it was. And it was. Great. People and being got alone, rid of some CDs? Be, no. Okay. okay but right. being alone, you know, being for that alone. period of time, like, it was. It did all these things that, like, really reinvigorated Traveling solo, I solo, I've done some solo tours. It's, like, the best. It's the best. It's like, okay, I think I'll leave whenever I want. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think best. I'll eat this now. I think- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna stay in a hotel. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, no, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I do, I've done a bunch of solo tours. Oh, great. Yeah. And every tour that isn't a solo tour is sort of like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did but, you do a band tour recently, too, or did I see? Or no, that was a solo tour. It was a solo tour. Solo yeah, tour, yeah, yeah. tour. But so you, you had a great experience. It was like a gigantic breakthrough emotionally, creatively, wow. spiritually. But, so you were surprised I, by that, or you were. I wasn't. I kind of knew that I needed it, and, you know, I lost money on it. Okay, okay. Like, you know, I rented a car. Oh, right, I, right. I made right, sure right. I had a hotel every night, you know, yeah. just. You, yeah, some. Treating Oysters myself like, and like, yeah, you need some shit. It's yeah. funny that you say that. The first night out, I <laughs> Where went were crazy you? in the oyster, in DC. In DC. Have you been to that place, Emmett's? Um, no. It's this oyster bar in DC that's been there for like 100 years. And, and you know about it. No, well, I mean, you're friend, on the food I mean, you know my, shit. Well, my friend took me to it, and like the second I walked in, I was like, oh, this is like, okay, I, get, I know where I am. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, we threw down and had like, you know, three fucking platters of, you know, it was insane. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. It was better than okay. It this was a wonderful night in DC. Wonderful night. If you got a band with you, you're not doing that. I'm buying those assholes. <laughs> <laughs> no oysters. <laughs> the fuck. Unless yeah. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Incredible indeed, man. That's amazing. I think right. we did the damn thing. We're, we're done. I think we. Did. Okay, well, we're do, over. Do we need to talk about more shit? No, no. I mean, I maybe uh, no, not at all. Do, do you want to talk about something? Uh, no. All right, no, 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 I'm good. I, I hope that was... That was amazing. Oh, really? It was more enjoyable to me than it usually is. Really? Wow. But, I mean, you do so many. You're just saying that. Come on. I'm not no, just no, saying no. that. Wow, wow. Have you ever heard me say that on the mic before? Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. Because I meant it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've listened to a lot of these, so it's really fun to be here. Okay, it stopped. We're done. No, we're good. We're good. We're done. That was it. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That was Brandon Seabrook. I told you, he's really, really funny. He's a hilarious dude. And uh, if you enjoyed that, if you enjoy the music that you're hearing, check out Brandon's new record, Convolutionaries. Comes out September 21st on Astral Spirits. That same band from that record, Henry Fraser and Daniel Levin, they're going to be playing an album release show at Roulette October 1st. Be there. That's it. Hope you guys are all doing well. Talk to you next week. Bye.